Jack, I've got so cynical about advertising recently. Yes, I've succeeded. Especially since starting working at the cinema. I have to watch the same adverts a hundred times. And those are the worst, I think, because they always show the for want of a better word, the more cinematic adverts of the cinema, or at least the full versions of them. You know, because sometimes you get uh-huh. like, you know, you get, if you're lucky, you get, you know, in, in, at your home, you get like a, the 15 second version of the the Black Horse Lloyd's TSB running on the beach ad. <laughs> but if you go to the cinema, you get, you know, it's, I think it's about 20 minutes. Yeah. Have you seen the Dairy Milk commercial? Which one? There's a new one where it's an old man in his garden and stuff keeps coming over the garden wall from the kids next door. It's like a football and a paper aeroplane, mm-hmm. a toy and stuff. And he always throws them back and looks a bit kind of grumpy about it, but not not in a bad mood, just like, oh, the kids, eh? And then, oh, kids these days. Yeah. And then one day he's in the garden and a Cadbury's dairy milk chocolate bar comes over the wall and he picks it up and the kids peer over the wall and say, you don't have to throw that one back, mister. And then they crouch down and, and he smiles and, and looks like he's going to wipe a tear away from his eye. And then it says... Dairy milk, there's a glass and a half in everyone. And I've got such mixed feelings about it. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean there's a glass and a half in everyone? What's that mean? It's because a couple of years ago they, they adopted the slogan, there's a glass and a half in every one of milk. Oh, right. And then okay. and now they've now they've adapted it to say there's a glass and a half in every one. But what does that mean? <laughs> it means people <laughs> are nice. I don't even know. Yeah, ha- this is what's this is what annoys How me about it. How does it mean that? It doesn't actually mean that. <laughs> Nothing no, means that. It doesn't. And also, this Cadbury's, whole film... everyone's nice. Also, this, this whole quite emotional film, it's like, it, it really works on you. But also, I'm sitting there thinking, this isn't a true story. Someone's just made this up to well, try and always, associate the feeling with the, with the chocolate bar. I think it's, it's an inverse law. I think the more emotional, the more cinematic, the more, I don't know, touchy-feely uh, an advert is, the worse that advert makes me feel. I feel mm. so cynical. I feel angry. I feel a lot of talent is going to making this thing, you know, acting talent, filmmaking yeah. talent. But it's oh, some chocolate, or you know, good writing because you've obviously clearly succeeded in creating an emotion. It's like okay, but why aren't you writing plays or TV shows? <laughs> also, I'm just so fed up of <laughs> of adverts of people trying to trying to sell me things. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> so how want... how is work on the new film smash ad going? Because I know you were cutting that together. <laughs> At the moment, we don't cost any money. True, for true. Although you can support us on Patreon. <laughs> exactly. I've had to close the window. I just want to get this on record. What I heard earlier, because part of me was wondering if I need to call the police. Um. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I heard a man shouting intermittently, very loudly, but completely unintelligibly. He was clearly saying something, but I could not understand what it was. And then I could hear a dog barking, but not just barking, like howling, like making strange noises, like it was killing someone. (laughs) Like possibly they were having a... Pardon me, my brain went, is there like a, a dog fighting ring outside? And I was just sticking my head out the window and I could sort of see where it was coming from and I could see other people just sort of like walking by around the houses and doing nothing. I'm like, is, it, is there like a play going on nearby? I don't know what was happening. What, 
So wow. I've closed the windows so, so there won't be any noise is, is, is what the what I meant by that. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> what was you, your idea? You heard all that going on and you thought, blimey, I better close the windows so that the podcast doesn't get ruined. Yeah, That's yeah. the Bristol way. Well, the know. podcast is it's quite dangerous. Remember the time we watched um, all those um, yachts drown um, while we were recording because we didn't want to get up because we, were happy, we <laughs> had a good idea? What? That was such an inflation of the facts. It was one canoe... <laughs> That capsized and they didn't drown. And suddenly it's all those yachters drowning. That's all I remember happening. Um, anyway. Okay, so today I came up with this one while at work. And I think it's going to be an interesting one for podcasts. Because it's entirely visual. No, it's very audio focused. So basically... Is it a quiet place? It's, it's a quiet place and Fifty oh, Shades shit. of Grey. Wait, what? Why? Why is it that? <laughs> I'm just imagining that instead of sexual deviancy, the guy's mm-hmm. fetish is ASMR. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to satisfy his every, every desire in this regard, so they have to find a quiet cabin in the woods somewhere, and she's going to whisper in his ear. Oh my god, like when he opens, like the scene where he opens the door to the sex dungeon to reveal himself to her, it's just a room full of like strangely textured surfaces. <laughs> yeah. And objects to tap and rub against. Yeah, he's got a set of those, you know, binaural microphones that look like oh ears. God. They're everywhere. I just love the idea that. I love that idea. I love the fucking <laughs> 50 sounds of grey. <laughs> I believe you, you probably, like, in terms of a cinema experience, you could probably quite create quite, like, a sensual, um, intimate experience by using that. Because I believe, like, the whole point of, or a bit of part of the appeal of A Quiet Place is it creates, obviously, a very tense atmosphere. You know, you can hear a pin drop at any given moment. If yeah. you have that same sort of engagement and um, intrigue from the part of the audience where everyone is completely deadly silent, just focusing on, instead of, you know, the danger, they're focusing entirely on the passion of these two individuals... <laughs> I believe yeah. that, that that could create quite a, a steamy, um, but also very involved and powerful uh, experience. Exactly. I hope this doesn't get too uncomfortable. They're both ready to f***, um, and then they, they both put on noise-cancelling headphones, and it goes the same for the audience, so it just goes completely silent, and you just get the sort of completely blocked-out sound as you see these things happen before you. Really explicit sex, basically, <laughs> and they and they kind of time it with ASMR stuff that's similar. Yeah, yeah. So they're playing, yeah, they're playing these sounds. So like every time they do something sexually, um, a different, a, a, a more sort of engaging sound plays for them. Like it's like someone has done foley on the sex scene and replaced all of the sort of sounds of bed creaking and breathing. And such with, um, you know... Like tapping paintbrushes tap, and tap, stroking tap, leaves and things. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I like the idea that... <clears throat> this is horrible. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> it's horrible. This is, this is very strange. <laughs> I, I shouldn't use my powers for this. <laughs> to, I to envision explicit <laughs> sex scenes. I didn't necessarily mean stuff so explicit. Neither did Maybe. I, it just happened. You let me talk for too long. <laughs> okay, you do you. Um, I like the idea that he, he's tired of the city and this kind of 
you know, he's still in the same giant office block. He's still the same billionaire and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's deeply, secretly into his ASMR. So he needs to get get away somewhere where he can actually practice it without distraction and stuff. And whatever her name is, <laughs> she comes in. Anastasia. And wants to help him achieve his bliss. I do like that. I like that. Um, I just thought I'd realised something about Fifty Shades, which is probably very obvious, but it's intellectually interesting, the position of um, fucking Dick Grey, whatever his name is, um, Grey Dick, the billionaire, because Fifty Shades of Grey was originally fan fiction of Twilight, so he replaces the character of Edward, who's a vampire, mm-hmm. and vampires are often seen as a metaphor for the, for the very wealthy mm-hmm. um, and aristocratic, so he went from being a metaphor for the wealthy to being wealthy with a, a like so it went from it went from being like an analogy for the wealthy to being a stand-in for the vampire character as a very wealthy man. yeah sorry i just enjoy the sort of metaphorical um ouroboros of vampire and wealthy people analogies well, can you imagine if someone like made a live action human like adaptation of the lion king hamlet yeah yeah <laughs> so they make the that same story they don't call it hamlet <laughs> yeah they just make, like oh my god they call it the i'd king. love that i'd love like like just like completely like tone deaf like recreation of something it's like oh my god wouldn't that be amazing if like we did a human version of the lion king this is in like a post-apocalyptic world where we've lost all like um evidence of media prior to like you know the 1990 um so <laughs> every like film that is an analogy or a um a retelling of a classic folktale they believe is the original version so when they try and translate it out of like a you know a disney cartoon into a play and a film with actual people they're in unintentionally getting closer to the original work <laughs> rather than further away yeah, because they're stripping away all the metaphors. Exactly. Someone who really likes BBC Sherlock, and they're like, "What if this was set in the eighteen hundreds?" <laughs> no knowledge. No knowledge that it's ever based on anything. What if it was yeah. based in like the eighteen hundreds, and like it wasn't shit? Like, what if? And then they make and they write word for word um, the Arthur Conan Doyle stories somehow. <laughs> sort of the you know the infinite monkeys and infinite typewriter situation. Oh man, maybe this is the world we live in. I mean, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. It would be great if we just forgot everything. Let's get back to the story. Yeah, okay, like that he's this, he's this billionaire. He obviously works in an office in the city. His life is extremely busy, obviously. And, you know, there's... The, the, you know, can you imagine the, the, the sounds of the city and the sounds of, like, the repetitive business that he goes through, the sound of cars and helicopters and people talking to him using the same words oh, yes. over and over Exhausting. again. exhausting. Computers turning on, whirring. Um, you know, his 50 expensive cars going around, his servants talking to him, homeless people asking him for money, and he's like, go away, I can't listen to the noise, um, <laughs> throwing sort of £50 notes um, at them. Um, oh, so or probably it, not. Is it, is it okay, throwing coins. Guy? No, he's a prick. He's throwing coins as hard as he can at them. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's walking away, he ignores them. Because um, <laughs> he doesn't want to hear the noise. Um <laughs> Like whenever he's, he leaves he's his recently office. bought some noise-cancelling headphones, exactly. but they're not, exactly. they're not working that well. And I love the idea that he puts on these noise-cancelling headphones so he can ignore the world, and then but by doing so, he's just ignoring loads of homeless people. And obviously, he's, <laughs> he's as he's doing that, he's getting in, you know, his, his 
Butler is just pulling up with the with the with the Bentley, and he's getting into the back of it, <laughs> completely ignoring this homeless person behind him who's who's talking to them about um like we can hear the homeless person and as the audience and talking about um how they were you know they are they 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 fought in the war um, but when they got back um, everything had changed and now they've got no work and they just need a bit of money to to survive the next the next few days and their dog needs an operation and you can see the little dog in his hands. Um, and, but he's just completely ignoring it because we're, we're really involved in his struggle, which is he doesn't like noise and he's sexually attracted to f***ing tapping glass. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't have to, be, have to be sexual, but it probably should be. You, you, you're the one who said it was Fifty Shades of Grey. It's going to be sexual, Joe. No, I said what if his, his fetish is just regular ASMR? Yeah, but you're still saying fetish. Yeah, okay. But, you know... Yeah, it is. I know it is, Joe. This is it's R rated. This is, you know ASMR rated. ASMR rated. <laughs> God damn it. Gold. Fifty sounds of grey in brackets. ASMR rated. And the R is capitalized. Okay, so I do I do like that idea. I do like the idea that he's okay, get rid of, you know, the, the homeless section. I'll, I'll keep it in. We we've got the, the classist elements as always. We'll keep it in, but we'll we'll cut it down. We'll keep it in, but we'll we'll, we'll play it at three times speed. <laughs> so he meets this 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 woman and we'll get rid of all of the whole like dodginess of the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff, you know, where he's, you know, emotionally and physically manipulating and um, cruel and scary and crim- borderline criminal. Um, okay. With you know all that? that? Have you seen all the sort of the problematic stuff of Fifty Shades of Grey? No, but I can imagine it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. But removing all that, it's a nice relationship. You know, um, I emphasise, like, I think his weakness, you know. So this guy, you know, he... He's he's very successful. In the world. I think the way we're saying this it was a stru- struggle with loud noises and, and his desire for and his and being sort of didn't have to be sexually, but you know, sexually as it is an element um, of his desire for you know sort of uh, sounds and quiet and peace. Um, it make we make it sound like he's you know got like he's like on the spectrum or something. <laughs> it does sound like that. Yeah, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, like that's that could just be the point of it. So that he's, you know, yeah, I'm not trying to play into any stereotypes here, but he can be very, still very successful at business, but he's socially not great. But he meets this woman who um, he very much likes, and she likes him, and you know he, and he, and, he, and he has this sort of weakness because he, you know, struggles to talk to people and be around lots of people. But for whatever reason, he feels very comfortable with her, um, and and opens up about how, like, you know, he he can't, you know, just like a normal person he's got you know <laughs> weird special ways that he would want to f- <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. She, she's intimidated she doesn't know what to expect well you know I, I, I feel you know part of maybe the social awkwardness is that maybe he is he just speaks like that you know so he's he's saying he's got all these I'm in a house with my parents so he's got he's saying he's got all these special things he wants to to try yeah like I, I still like the idea of you know um, the same scene as in Fifty Shades where he opens up the sex door and is like this this is who I am I'm yeah. not who you think I am or like you know I'm not I'm not normal or you know we we can't we don't have a normal relationship or you won't be able to with me I'm gonna tell you this for things but more serious boom opens the door and it's loads of binaural um, microphones and headphones and Paintbrushes surfaces and paintbrushes and glass and honeycomb and whatever else people do stuff with ASMR with. <laughs> like, I don't know, goo of some kind. Yeah. Slime, B- not box goo. Box of cereal. Yeah, I don't know. I've watched a lot of ASMR, I'll be honest. Neither um, have I. He's got like a sound booth, obviously, in there. Oh, yeah, the whole woman is like, you know, like soundproofed um, and, and is acoustically um, akin to a professional sound studio and sound recorder studio. 
Yeah. And they're also sex toys, but that's just like, you know. <laughs> part <of that. laughs> you just got brochures of local brothels. Brochures. <laughs> Who writes the brochures for the local brothel? <laughs> Whose job is that? Maybe she does. Maybe that's her job. You know, it's got, <laughs> it's like a Chinese takeout, but it's it's just got all the all the lists of the different, you know, members of staff. I just you know, again, thinking about aspiring writers, and I know people like like that who ended up sort of or who have so far ended up sort of working in copywriting, so you know, writing <laughs> various companies and and just you know, like brochures and um, advertisement. <laughs> Um, and just imagine just one of them get, you know, gets the job, you know, it, um, on their lunch break they're, they're writing their novel, but, you know, they get back to work and it's, um, okay, so you're writing the brochure and menu for this, um, uh, this brothel um, downtown. They've sent you um, a template and uh, some images they, uh, they want in there. Yeah. Anyway, cool. So um, you need to get that done by, uh, by Tuesday. Um, cool. I love the word menu in this context. That's just... Yeah, I know. It's quite, I, I, yeah, and that's, it feels quite dehumanising. But, you know, all of capitalism is, you could argue. So, anyway, um, so he, he wants to find his quiet place, like, get extremely isolated um, out in, in the wilderness in this specially built cabin he's been secretly building for many years, embezzling funds from the company to do so. Um, no, probably not. Maybe he's, like, he's been making all these sounds himself, and trying to trying to like do it on himself or through YouTube videos and stuff, mm. but it's not it's not right for him. He just wants to he just wants to lie down <laughs> and have it done around him. Yeah, he just he just wants to he wants to listen. You know, it's it's tiring to sort of you know do all this with yourself, and it, and it becomes a whole thing about like um, trusting other people and being able to interact with other people and having sort of other people care for you and you do the same in in your own way. If you just have to do all of that in and of yourself, it can be tiring and, and you end up, you know, you go into yourself, which is partly why he's been getting worse in terms of his social interactions. So I think getting involved with this person, prim- and originally maybe it was because he was desperate for some sort of release and she's willing to help him. Um, but then obviously, um, you know, as, as as he has this person to help him with these things, he, 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 he comes out of himself more um, and interacts with her more, you know, and then, then they're happier together and then they go off to their quiet place and the, the way that you know we've said all that it makes it sound like the precursor to like a very premeditated murder that he's taking her <laughs> off to the quiet soundproof cabin in the woods maybe that's the third act that like her her family and friends realize she's missing and they they figure out where 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 she is and they burst or, in expecting some kind of gruesome saw trap and actually it's much worse because he loses his whole career or like she is just f-ing him for the money Ooh. and they get married before they go off to their honeymoon at the the cabin maybe like they start they they start getting together and she helped you know she lets him open up to him and he finally reveals his his overall secret dream which is to build this cabin so they spend time doing that and he she encourages him to do that because she's like perfect i'll kill him there um <laughs> but then they wait until after the wedding then they go to the honeymoon and she um you know she said you know it's going to be all that sound here so you know she's gonna she's on the bed blindfolded, um, you know, sound cutting headphones on, bam, he's dead. I, I don't like the murder plot. Let's, 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 let's roll it back. I, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of get the whole story here. I'm going to give some scenes. I can think of some steamy situations. But um, where is it going? You know, what's the, what's the point? Hmm. Because right now they're just sort of happy with no conflict. Obviously the conflict in Fifty Shades of Grey is that he is, um, you know, I, I assume trying to like abduct her or something. Um, 
I don't actually know. They just, ha- they just have a great happy time and some weird <laughs> audio sex. <laughs> They're the only couple who can who can do it like at different times because they record each other. Of course they do. Exactly. They just have the sounds recorded at different times. Um, <laughs> one of them is you know getting down to it, and the other is focusing on levels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it would definitely be a different uh, cinema experience, but um, <laughs> not one with a conventional uh, plot structure. <laughs> you know what you were saying recently about if film smashes were real, so you just go in and see a film and you don't know what's going to happen in it. Yeah, the, 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 the good timeline that I assume is happening somewhere. So you go and watch this film, you think it's like American Psycho or something. It's just this wealthy business guy who's a bit strange. And then, what, a third of the way through the film, it turns into this weird, weird kind of... Sexy, sexy piece. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine like, you, you know, you, yeah, I like this, this idea. So you go, you don't know what it's going to be, but you know it's one of those film smash films. Now, they're usually good, or at least passable. <laughs> Um, they're usually family friendly they're definitely usually family friendly but you saw this one was R-rated and you're like oh, okay maybe it's, uh, they've, they've got a bit more going on this time and I enjoyed uh, James Bond's penis um, <laughs> as many have over the years um, so I'll go see this one and you go sit down and then you get this you get this weird setup. you get this man who's sort of obsessive with sound this rich guy and you're like okay alright where's this going and then he meets this sexy lady and you're like okay okay so what's going on here and they start f***ing and you're like okay that's weird then they open up to each other, okay. Then they, then they get married and build a build a cabin in the woods, and then they have some more sex. You're like, okay, all right. Where's the where? And then the credits roll. And you're out. Okay. And then you get the, the turtle's eye. And then it's. <laughs> and that's and that's when you know it's over. <laughs> like that was it. I don't I don't know where it's going. Actually, I never thought about this. It, was, it zooms out and it's there's a cinema of someone watching it. <laughs> no disappointing. Go and see, go and see the new disappointing film smash movie. I mean, you say that, but like there have definitely been films where you've been, or at least the same to me. I know lots of people where like the film has come out and you've seen reviews and people have said, yeah, it's disappointing, and you still go and watch it. So you're like, you go to the cinema and pay money, like this is going to be disappointing. Mm. I'm going to go watch this disappointing film. I'm going to go have a disappointing experience, but I need it because I've watched, you know, eight other films in this series, so I've got to fill in the gap, you know, because I've got the gap inside me and it needs to be filled, and, you know, maybe the next one will be better. All right, let's go. Hi there, thanks for listening. Film Smash is by Joe Tricky and Jack Liddy. This episode was edited by me, Joe Tricky. Don't forget you can check out our Patreon for free to see everything we post, and don't forget to share us with a friend because sharing is caring. See you next time.